0: You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at The River. You know, whenever you're using faith, it's easy sometimes to fall away from the faith you're using in your family, fall away from the faith you're using for your prosperity, fall away from the faith that you're using for your healing, and some people even fall away from Jesus. I'm going to show you today how to curve that and never, ever, ever, ever fall away from the things you're believing for are you excited about a church now let me say this and I want you to write this down faith works without prayer what I mean is is faith that is said works as well as prayer now, when I pray, I pray, I ask God to do this and do that. And then after I'm done praying, I hold fast to the confession of my faith. Now, we know that the confession of your faith is not talking about the confession of sin. Because when you confess sin, you, don't, you forget about it afterwards. Because the Bible says that once you confess your sins, God no longer remembers it. Amen? Amen. So holding fast to your faith is clearly a reference to you holding fast to what you've said in faith over your family, over your life, over your career, over your business. It's speaking in faith over them. I love the verse that Jesus actually, when he talks about faith, he talks about how faith works before outside of prayer before he talks about prayer. Remember, he said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be plucked up and cast into the sea. And if he doubts not in his heart, but believes the words that he says, he shall have whatever he says. Then he says, therefore, when you pray and ask, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. So the first area he talks about faith working was outside the context of prayer. I believe that if you need help in your life today, it's going to be a combination of two things, prayer and saying what you have faith in. And Christians don't realize that, that if you do that on a regular basis, you'll never fall away. The only time people ever fall away from the faith is when their faith isn't working. It's when they've allowed unbelief and doubt to come into their mind and they get distracted. I've seen ministers fall away from Jesus, believe in all kinds of crazy things. That's because their faith was not working. If it had been working, they never would have fallen away. Amen? I want to show you two sets of verses, uh, one in John's Gospel, put it on the screen, and then I'm just going to quote to you these other verses before we read that. How many know that the book of Hebrews is a book that actually talks about how never to fall away. The Bible, or the book of Hebrews talks about don't drift away from the gospel. It says don't turn back to the point of destruction. It talks about how people can get to a place where it's impossible to uh, renew them again. And, And it gives you two ways or two sets of verses that tell you how not to do that. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, and Hebrews 4 14 tells us to hold fast the confession of your faith. Hold fast to what you've been saying you believe in, for he who promised Jesus is faithful. I, I want to tell you right up front, I have been doing this for a lot of years. Sometimes the answer comes within an hour, sometimes it comes within a week. Sometimes it comes within a month. The longest I've ever waited is five years, but it finally came. If you do this, God will always come in power and give you the deliverance that you're praying in faith for. Someone ought to get excited right now and say, Pastors, preach some good news right now. Praise God. Now, look up on the screen. Here's what Jesus said. That is a verse that is used to talk about uh, the security of the believer and so forth. And look what he says. Jesus answered them, talking about these unbelievers that wouldn't believe. I told you that you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Now watch this. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep as I have said to you. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Now, watch this. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Oh, I like that part. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Praise God. I and my Father are one. This is a powerful verse. It's talking about the security of the believer. Once you know you got oh, please get this. The Bible says in First Peter that we are kept. Say kept. kept. Kept means God keeps you from getting into trouble. Kept by the power of God. Then it says this through faith. In other words, as long as you keep believing, God will keep you. The believing is critical. And I see so many people, they go to church and they don't realize I've stopped believing. And you know how I know that? Because I've listened to them. I've listened to them talk about how things are not working. I've, I've heard them say things like, God doesn't seem to answer my prayers in these areas. I've heard them say things like, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure any of this stuff works. You'll never be kept unless your faith is producing results and that's not going to happen unless you start saying what you believe in start saying that no weapon formed against me will ever prosper start saying that all of my family will be saved Start saying that I won't go broke. I'm going to become rich. Stop saying that you're weary and weak and all that. Start saying I'm healthy, wealthy, and wise. Start saying what the word says. Start confessing what you want instead of confessing what you don't want. If you do that, it will change everything in your life. Now, Jesus says right here that when you do that, no one can pluck you out of the Father's hand. In other words, no demon, no group of people can pluck you out. You just got to keep believing. But if you stop believing, you can get plucked. Let me, get, let me show you the power of this security. I said this illustration years ago, but let me, let me just say it again. In 75 years ago is when they built the Golden Gate Bridge. And during the time that they did, it was during the Great Depression. Now, we can't relate to the Great Depression, but my great-grandfather could. And during that time, one out of five people only had a job. So most of the country, people were unemployed. And when they started this job at the Golden Gate, they had people from all over the country driving there to get the job. And in fact, they had hired all the people that they needed, and then they had a big long list of people that wanted the job. So that long list, people are waiting and hoping that someone will get hurt so that they could get the position. And that's how bad it was during the time when they built the Golden Gate Bridge. And when the architects first started designing it, they had an uh, an evaluation. They estimated that it would cost in human life one person every million dollars. And the Golden Gate at that time would, would, uh, I think it it cost a total of $38 And so they were expecting... 38 people to perish in the building of that bridge but so as they started to build it they were st- concerned because they weren't keeping up to the schedule and they weren't going to make the deadlines that they needed to do to open the, the Golden Gate Bridge and so they decided what we need to do is remove this fear factor of dying so they took and they built a net and put it underneath the Golden Gate Bridge huge net the net was so secure that they had to tell the people that were working for them, now, don't just jump into the net for fun. They had to tell them that. But as soon as they did, now, this is the part I want you to see. Once the fear was gone, their productivity increased 25%. Fear doesn't cause you to be more fruitful. It causes you to become fruitless. God wants every one of us here to be secure in our faith. He wants every one of us to know that I know that I know that if we died today, we'd go to heaven. He doesn't want any of us to be in fear about going to hell. He doesn't want any of us to be in fear of not uh, making our journey to the heavenly heavens. And that is only going to happen if you stay in faith. If you start listening to the doubt and unbelief that's out in the church and out in the world, it will wipe out your faith and you'll find yourself staying at home and not going to church because I don't need to go to church. I believe Jesus personally, but you will eventually fall away from the faith because you've stopped believing what the Word of God says. You've stopped confessing that we are winners, not losers. you stop confessing that we are more than conquerors. You have stopped confessing that I am going to do something great that God has called me to do. I'm not going to retreat. You stop confessing that you're the head and not the tail. You stop confessing that you have the power of the Holy Spirit. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You stop saying it. And your faith has been affected by it because of that. And it may just be a little bit of nibbling on it here and there, but it's enough to destroy you. Every form of fear is going to produce unbelief in your life. Every form. And this is prophetic, but I want you to receive this. There's many of you here today that are very insecure in certain areas. And some of you are really secure in those areas because Satan knew what your calling was. He knew that God had put a touch on you for a special purpose. So, all the time when you were growing up as a child, he worked what he does and worked in you this insecurity by having people say negative things, by having people do negative things in your life. And and, and so, right now, you're very insecure. That ends today. I said that ends today because God has revealed to me what the devil's tried to do to you. You're going to rise up and be bold as a lion because when you're insecure, the anointing is not there. But when you are bold as a lion and you stand in the righteousness of God, the devil trembles when you come into the room. He runs. He runs. Come on. He runs from you. But insecurity is something. That's why you can take a woman like Joyce Myers. She has a testimony of her insecurities. The devil knew that because God had put a calling in her life to do what she did. And some of you are in the same boat. You're not someone that's just different, you're someone the devil's targeted. And you need to get rid of that. You need to raise up in the morning and say, Praise God. I'm a child of God. I'm a king. I'm a priest unto God. I'm not going to take it sitting down. I'm going to achieve what God has called me to achieve. Hell or high water, I'm coming through. Yeah. Woo, I tell you, it's powerful. Now, I'm going to get a little heavy here. I hope you love me. God spoke this to me during the worship service. This next thing I'm going to share with you, put up on the screen Hebrews chapter 6. I want you to hear this. This is a description of people who have had God move in their life and they haven't fully responded to it. They've had God illuminate themselves to them. They've, they've had Jesus in their life. They've partaken of the Holy Spirit. They've tasted the word of God. They've experienced miracles. I had a relative that was in the Navy having sex with a prostitute when God gave him a vision of his calling in his life. The sad part is he never responded to it. In that state, God still opened his eyes. That's what it's talking about. And listen to what it says. You can go too far. Look what it says. If they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves, the son of God and put him to open shame. Now watch the next part. For the earth which drinks in the rain often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated receive a blessing from God. Now watch this. But if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near being cursed whose end is to be burned. In other words, you've been in church. The Spirit has moved on you. God's given you revelation. God's revealed himself to you, but you haven't responded to it. There's a point where it's impossible to be renewed. So I'm telling some of you right now, don't, don't say, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready. I don't really want to repent right now. I don't really want to change that right now. I'm telling you, some of you are too close where you can't ever change again. You need to change today, not tomorrow, today. Because God wouldn't be having me telling you this unless it was true. He wouldn't have me telling this unless God was trying to wake you up. Listen, you're almost too far. You know, when I was in construction, or not construction, body and fender work before I went in ministry, I would fix automobiles. And I could fix pretty much anything that was damaged. But if a car was damaged too much, they would total it out. You know what it means, total it out? It means that it can't be fixed. They just got to buy you a new car. And I remember having people come to me and say, hey, can you, can you tell the insurance company it's totaled out? Well, I said, I can't do that. They know what is totaled and what isn't. And everybody knew that once it was totaled out, you could not fix that car. It was too messed up. There's many people in the body of Christ today that are almost totaled out. I said Almost. But praise God for the grace of God. That's why I'm preaching this today. Because God wants to awaken you spiritually in your life. Right now, I want you to be blessed right now in your life. God wants you to say, I'm not gonna t- I'm not gonna mess around anymore. God's been speaking to me about it. I'm gonna do what he said to do. I'm not gonna retreat from it anymore because I don't want to get in a place where I can't imp- be impossible for me to change. I'm gonna follow God with all my heart, with all my being, with all my strength. Come on, church. That's what the Holy Ghost is telling us. <laughs> So, so this is a, a spiritual warning that you can't just take for granted that God will continue to move on your life to change you. You need to respond to it. And the best life that you'll ever have is one that comes after repentance. Not before it. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how much popular you are. I don't care how much a superstar you are. You'll be an empty vessel draining out to nothing until you start putting your faith in Christ. Then everything's going to change in your life. Come on, turn to the neighbor and say, that's got to be for you, praise God. Or maybe someone that you know. Now, here's the other thing that people have to have if you don't want to ever fall away. In the Bible, it's called the fear of God or the fear of the Lord. But most people have no idea what the fear of God is or the fear of the Lord is. That's why most people don't operate in it. Let me tell you what it is not, and I'm adamant about this. The fear of God is never, ever, ever being afraid of God. Never. Let me prove it to you. The first time we find a man afraid of God and a woman afraid of God was in the Garden of Eden. Why did Adam hide himself in the bushes when God was showing up to walk with him like he did before? He told God, he said, I was afraid. That's why I hid in the bushes. The fear... Of God came from sin so if that's the definition of the fear of God then every time you sin you're operating in the fear of God but the reality is that is not the fear of God the fear of God is when you're in a sense of awe towards God and you respect And you honor what God says, even when it doesn't make any sense in your mind. Even when you don't understand it, you say, Lord, you said it, I'm gonna do it. Let me give you a reference Abraham. He's told by God, offer up his son. He knew that God promised that his descendants would be as the stars of the sky, sands of the sea. So he thought, okay, I'm gonna do what he told me to do. I don't know why. My wife's not going to like it. But I'm going to go ahead and do it. It doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Listen what happens. Remember, he's had the knife ready to kill his son, and the Lord stopped him? Listen to what he says. Genesis. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that, you're, that you what? Fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me the reason why the fear of god is connected with prosperity and increase is because when you fear god you highly regard what he says you respect what he says whether you understand it or not the scriptures are really clear that if you live a certain lifestyle those kind of people do not inherit the kingdom of god some people say why i don't believe that well you don't fear god if you fear god you'll believe what he said in the word amen it said that you know an adulterous person won't inherit the kingdom of God a fornicator won't inherit the kingdom of God it says a homosexual will not inherit the kingdom of God I didn't write it, God wrote it if you fear God you believe it but when we don't fear God it's not like that I'll tell you what, at the great white House of judgment when people that don't know Christ are thrown into the lake of fire there's going to be a lot of people afraid of God that day But that's not the fear of God. It's those say, Lord, whatever you say, I'm going to obey. It may seem crazy, but I'm going to do it, Lord. Your word said it. I believe it. I'm going to pursue it. I'm not going to back off from it in any way, shape, or form. That's the fear of God. It's a reverence. It's an awe of God. Lord, man, you're so awesome. I don't know what to say, but if you said it, that's good. Hallelujah. That's why people that fear God don't fall away. They don't fall away because they believe every part of the scripture they believe what will happen when you disobey God because God said what would happen he said you'll reap what you sow now we know that you don't have to reap what you sow if you repent of your sin but if you don't repent of your sin rest assured you will reap what you sow and people that know that realize I can't just get away with this. That's a lot of Christians. They think, oh, I'm just getting away with it. You know, I know I shouldn't have been doing that. I know I shouldn't put my sports before God. But nothing has happened. I've been doing it for years. You always reap what you sow. It's always good when you obey God. I love the scripture that says, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But you got to be willing. Write this down. You have to want to be willing for faith to work. You got to want for willingness to work. I love what the scripture says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You got to want to have a good attitude. You got to want to obey God. You got to use your want when you use your faith. If you don't do that, your faith won't work. The Bible says God is at work in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Mm. Man, I tell you what, I'm so excited about it because I know that as you get into the word like this, it changes you. When I got saved, I looked in the Word and said, Lord, you want me to do that? And I said, let's talk about it. And I would, I would try to reason with God, can't, isn't there another way around this thing? I went to my pastors and said, isn't there some other way around this? And eventually I'd come back and said, no, God said it, I just got to do it. Hallelujah. I said, God said it, I just got to do it. I said, God said it. I just got to do it. <laughs> Amen? Now watch this. I want you to see this verse in Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. Look at this. Catch us, the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine, for our vines our tender grapes. What's he talking about here? I, I read this uh, testimony of this guy. He had a, a dog that loved to dig. And his neighbor had this fence and had all these vines on the fence. It just looked beautiful. One day his dog got up, And dug a hole under the fence. He didn't think much of it. Until the next few days, the vine started to die. Because while he was digging, he dug up the roots. Yeah. And it killed the vine. That's what he's talking about, about relationships, about things that you have passion for. If you don't catch the things that eat away at the roots, you'll destroy the passion you have for it. And this is specifically talking about in marriage. And let me tell you something about marriage. If you want to have a good marriage, me and Joyce have been married uh, almost 49. 49. Yeah, we got a 50th coming up. I know that's impossible because I must have got married when I was 10, but it's true. <laughs> but you can't get a good marriage if all you do is talk about what's wrong with your spouse. You know why? It kills the passion that you had once for her. You can't say, bitch, man, she's always this, she's always that, he's always this, he's always that. And you talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. You will fall away from your faith in your marriage or talk about your kids in the same way. They never listen, they never listen, they never You'll fall away concerning your faith, concerning your children or your business or your career. And all you do is complain and whine about it and talk about it. You kill the passion for it. I want to have a passion for my wife all the way to the end. And I want her to have a passion for me. That's why she doesn't say anything negative about me because she wants to have that passion for me. She wants to be able to chase me around the house. (laughs) Amen. That's the little foxes. That's the little foxes. You know there's little foxes in the church? Oh, yeah someone comes to church and gets saved oh we love the church praise god it's awesome pastor jack is awesome wow cool i love all the pastors whatever and all of a sudden someone rocks your boat so you get offended and you know what you start saying oh i think i've heard that before pastor preached that before message is too long how come everyone isn't wearing masks And all of a sudden, you start finding all these things that you think are wrong with the church and start talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, talking about talk about it, talking about it, until all of a sudden you come to church and you're in the group with the frozen chosen <laughs> because you lost your passion. All you see is what's wrong and you don't see what's right. What you got to do, and listen, no church is perfect, no people are perfect, but praise God, when I see you, I believe you're a winner. I believe you're going to make it. I believe you're going to change. I believe you're going to prosper. I believe you're going to go over the top. I believe you're going to be blessed ahead Up. come on. And because of that, I've never gotten sick of people. Amen. I can love the most snaky people. The most, gosh, anyone else would have kicked him in the butt and get out but I can love them. You know why? Because I am so full of faith for them. Because I know no matter how bad you are, you can turn. No matter how screwed up you are, you can change. You can go from a drug addiction to a person blessed of God. Someone preaching to thousands. Someone doing miracles. You can change. You can go from five marriages to one great marriage and become a Christ-like husband or a Christ-like wife. Hallelujah it happens really easy but you have to do that and so please quit saying what you don't want in life when you speak to the mountain come on say what you want i believe my opportunity is coming I believe all my needs are gonna be met this month. I believe that extra money I need for my vacations coming in. I believe that I'm getting older and stronger, not older and weaker. Come on, you, those of you that are seniors, listen to me. Don't let that age stop you from being in faith. Forget about the fact how old you are. Start thinking about the fact that in Christ you have an age today in your life, and the mighty one lives inside of you. If God can use Moses and take him up to the mountaintop where he can still see good and still got strength, God can do the same with you if he can take Caleb and make him as strong as he was at 40 at 50 he could work with you say amen it'd be better to be like that than be a sourpuss acting older than you are come on something with age we should get we should be getting smarter not stupider quit using your age as an excuse you do what God told you to do Eric, where's Eric at? Eric's one of our uh, ministers here. Eric, you know, how old are you, Eric? He's 69. You know what? He did Friday, Friday? He was in a powerlifting competition. Yeah. You got three awards, three things. Three state records are broken by our mighty man. Hallelujah. That's my idea getting old, praise God. Anyway, you got to keep your faith working. If you don't keep your faith working, you're just going to fizzle out start looking at the symptoms in your body, start looking at the problems in your life, and it's just going to become negative, and they're going to probably put you on CNN or put you on Fox and interview you because you'll draw attention. I want to tell you how bad it really is. I want to tell you how good it is in church. The good news is that Jesus Christ died for our sins and was raised up on the third day. The good news is we are seated in heavenly places. The great news is we are seeing a revival of God moving in the church, and it's not stopping. <laughs> Ooh, man. I got to hurry here. I got to hurry here. Let me give you something that has kept me from backsliding all these years, okay? And being a minister, a lot of ministers backslide. They screw up, all that stuff. And it's because they don't have guardrails in their life. Now, you, they put guardrails on roads for what reason? To keep the cars on the road. Hey, Amen. If you're going around a cliff or whatever, you need some guardrails. There are guardrails that you can practice as a believer that will keep you safe and keep you from falling away. Now, a lot of times people make this mistake. Well, the guardrail is I don't do this evil thing or this evil act. I don't commit adultery physically with anybody outside of my wife. And that's not adultery, but I don't don't steal from people. I don't take their money. I don't do anything outwardly. And their guardrail is an outward action. It's kind of like being under the law. But the guardrail that Jesus gave us was different. It's not the action where you actually participate in the physical adultery. It's what precedes it. The guardrail is this. Never look upon a woman to lust after her. In other words, be like Joe, make it a covenant with your eyes. It's not all right to look. It's all right to look, Pastor. I've seen it before. It's all right. It doesn't You know, I'm not hurting anything. In fact, I'm helping my sex life. No, you're ruining your sex life. The only one that you should be fantasizing about is your wife. If you want her to do that, then have her stand in front of you and do whatever. Praise God. But don't look at women that way. Don't do it. Keep those eyes. People don't end up divorced. Say, one day I'm divorced. You know, I couldn't help it. You know, it was a Friday, Friday, and I went out to lunch with the secretary, or they don't call him anymore, the girl at work, and next thing you know, we're in a hotel. Give me a break. You were checking her out for months before that, you were getting your temperature up far before that happened because you didn't put up a guardrail in your life. Amen. Say amen. Say amen. (laughs) Say amen. And don't ever... Don't ever think that you can go through life and be angry in the inside all the time. You can't. The Bible says be angry for nothing. Uh, It says, how do I say it? It says, don't let the sun go down upon your anger. Don't be angry for very long at all. Because if you do, it turns into sin. It corrupts. Some people are bitter, 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 bitter 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 all I gotta do is talk about what's wrong bitter bitter don't do it don't don't do it you got you got to get your hand you got to get your guardrail back up if you don't you'll tumble off the side into unforgiveness and bitterness walk away from the faith because of all the ugliness inside of your heart so I always went from the Sermon on the Mount that's my guardrail not outward actions You can put the Jesus bumper sticker on your car, put the big Bible on your coffee table, have all the right lingo and still be full of lust and pride. Someone ought to give God a praise offering right now for straightening us out. I think, come on, come on, give him a praise offering. There's things under the surface. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the River, and we're doing life together.